right. Well, this is episode one of the Clifton Miles Show, Clifton Miles podcast, uh, that we are coming to you from San Antonio, Texas, uh, at Dead Room Recording Studio. And I'm so excited to be doing this. This has um, been something that has been on my mind for a few months now. Um, and, uh, you know, it kind of came to fruition uh, after I wrote uh, my first uh, ebook. Um, and uh, I've been searching and, and looking and hoping for a way to uh, help people um, you know, in, in, uh, as, as many ways as I can and, uh, expanding on what I did with the book, uh, the podcast seemed like a natural, um, a natural, uh, segue from that. And, uh, I just got to say, I'm, I'm delighted to have my buddy Mitch, uh, Creel here with us today. And, uh, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Mitch, uh, uh, here in a moment, but I'm just going to tell you, uh, first and foremost, none of this would be happening without Mitch. And he already knows that we've already I've tooted his horn uh, to him several times about how he's made an impact in my life, but you guys don't know that. Uh, you know, Mitch and I met uh, about 10 years ago, nine years ago uh, in the auto industry. I was uh, 21 years old selling cars, and uh, Mitch is the first person that came to me and said, uh, what, are your, what are your goals in, in life, and what is it that you want? And uh, nobody had ever asked me that before. And um, that was a big turning point for me um, from that point um, you know, to, to keep it brief, um, you know, a bunch of things happened for me. Um, uh, you know, I started my, my first, uh, full-time business, um, got out of corporate America, uh, bought my first house, um, married, uh, married out of my league. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, all that is a result of the mentorship that I've had from Mitch and, and, um, you know, that, that led to, starting other businesses and other entrepreneurial endeavors and we've teamed up um for some of those endeavors and it's been a wonderful relationship that i've had uh with mitch so it's really fantastic to have him here for this first episode to kind of lay the the foundation and 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 really uh, set up what this show is going to be about moving forward um as we do them weekly or or bi-weekly uh, whatever we decide to do with that and so uh, just so you know who Mitch Creel is, uh, he is retired at U.S. Air Force, and um, he has built a empire in the direct sales industry, um, earning over a million dollars uh, in the direct sales industry um, over the last uh, several years. And um, he has taken uh, several businesses from, from small profits monthly, $10,000, $30,000 a month, uh, to over a million dollars a month. Um, and he's done that in several industries, um, pretty much whatever Mitch walks into, um, you know, he's able to assess the situation very quickly, uh, turn the situation around and make it profitable for everyone involved. And, uh, so, um, fantastic guest for our first episode, Mitch, thank you for, for being here. Wow. It's a, it's a pleasure, uh, Clifton. This is one of your goals when we sat down and talked about him. I remember, um, asking you several questions, and when we whittled it down, you said, "Well, I really want to own my own recording studio." And here we are. And uh, uh, wow, the power the power goes with the right person is really magical. Thank you. Yeah, it's kind of surreal, right? We're sitting here. So, um, but I just got a little little goosebump going. <laughs> so. Um, what we're going to talk about today 
and a good a good starting point for episode one is um, something that was the first the starting point for for Mitch and I when we first met, and um, you know being that this podcast is dedicated to personal growth, to leadership, to entrepreneurship, to business, to to uh, being debt free, all the things that that Mitch and I both stand for and both believe in. Um, I don't believe any of that, and I know Mitch certainly would agree that none of that is possible um, if you don't know where you're going. And one of the first things that Mitch asked me, like I mentioned, was, uh, "What are your goals? You know, what are you what are you trying to do, and what are you trying to accomplish?" And um, nobody had really ever asked me that, you know, in in my life. And it's kind of funny because. Um, prior to that, I, I was just doing whatever came next, you know, and that's what I've, when I talk to people, you know, I see that in a lot of people that I talk to, especially those that come to me for, uh, assistance or, or advice or whatever, is that they don't have, um, a focused plan. They don't know where they're going. And what does that look like? It typically looks like, um, somebody who, um, you know, isn't working toward, is working probably a lot, but don't know what they're really working for. Um, there's not a, there's not a really a light at the end of the tunnel, but they're definitely in a tunnel. And, um, I always kind of, kind of compared it to walking around, um, in a, in a dark room, you know, a big, big dark room, you know, you, you, you might end up bumping into something, you know, but it's, it's really tough if you can't turn the light on. And, um, so the way that you get out of that rut and it's something we're going to discuss here is, uh, is by establishing goals, but writing them down. Um, Mitch, what do you, what, where, where can we go from there? Well, first of all, I want, I want to talk to your listeners out there and hopefully, you've ran across somebody in your, in your, in your lifetime already that made a big difference. Maybe it's that teacher, uh, you know, your, your, your school teacher or someone, but basically what we're talking about here is has ever anyone asked you, where are you going? Uh, what, what are your goals? And maybe it is that teacher because whoever it was typically will point out, some certain things about, uh, hey, if if you want to go in this direction, you're not doing what you need to do. And uh, Clifton mentioned some of my background. Well, I was an Air Force recruiter, you know, and I went into high schools and talked to uh, people that were that were going to school, and and I would say, hey, what are most of you guys wanting to do? And and the the kids would raise their hands and. They, you know, this one wanted to be a doctor and this one wanted a lot of doctors and lawyers and astronauts. And yet we know that's not reality. And the question I had for them is what did you do to prepare for that? Because if you're a high school senior and you're wanting to be an attorney, you're really starting too late if you haven't already done some of the things that you need to do to be an attorney. You know, there's a certain grade that you need to make. There are certain classes that would need to be taken that can give you skills. So it's never too early to start mentoring 
um, people. Number one, and it's never too early to ask, "Hey, what what do you what do you you know what are your goals?" Uh, because you know the great thing about when you figure out what it is in life that you're supposed to do, you know, I, I would say that God-given gift. It's not work. It's it's fun. It, it, you're 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 exercising something that is so natural, and most people, Clifton, never find it. And that's uh, no wonder we have so many people that are unhappy with what uh, their current circumstances, their job, and a lot more. Right. So, with that being said, you know when we met, I was twenty one. Um, I had gone to trade school, you know, for personally for uh, a career that I decided I didn't want to do. So I was in that category, and I, I, uh, I went actually went to cosmetology school, you know, which I spent a year and a half doing that, and um, you know, decided that cutting hair, doing that stuff, that wasn't for me. My dad had uh, a career, uh, which was a you know good career uh, for, for where we were, uh, selling cars. And so that's where that, that was the logical next step for me. I, I saw what he was doing and the kind of income he was earning with no college education. And at the time I thought that was the, the difference, you know, oh, I, I didn't know anything I wanted to do to go to college for, so I didn't go. And uh, now I'm working this car a lot, you know? And, um, you know, there was a little bit of, uh, I'm not going to say shame, there because I wasn't ashamed. I was earning a great income. Well, I w- wasn't at the time when we met, but later on, I I was earning a, a great income. But um, there was a there was a I guess a lack of confidence in my decision to be there. Not because I wasn't confident in in what I was doing, but just because I felt like you know I have friends that are in midway through college. You know, they went out and went straight to college when they were eighteen, nineteen. And I'm 21, and I hadn't done any college, and they're going to be graduating in a couple years, and they're going to be going their careers, and here mm-hmm. I am with a wrinkled shirt and sitting on a hot car lot, waiting on a customer to be rude to me, you know. So, um, you know, when we met and you sat down and you had me write down my goals, and that's that was the first, that was one of the first conversations we had. I mean, it wasn't the first, but it happened pretty quick. Our our antennas kind of peaked up a little bit, it seemed. Um, what would you say to somebody that was, um, you know, in, in the same situation today? Uh, what would you tell them, say, you know, they're stuck at a career that they dislike. They're 25, 26, 30, and um, they're doing something they dislike. Um, or maybe they don't dislike it, but it's not, it's just what was there. And they've been there for three, four, five years, one year, two years, whatever it might be. And uh, they just, that's just what they're doing. And they're going to do it until uh, they either get sick of it and quit and find whatever else opens up, or they're going to do it until they get laid off or fired. Um, What would you say to that person? What advice would you give them to um, turn their life around, you know, and start, we use the phrase designing a life. How would you? Yeah. Uh, Clifton, you know, there are so many people that they'll take they'll take a couple hours to go watch a movie they'll take a lot of time to go and do events and sports events and watch television but they won't take 
30 minutes to write down their destiny. And, you know, you use, you had a really good analogy there, the dark room. I, I, I've always thought of it as a river. You know, the river's running, and it's going in one direction. And, you know, some people are on a raft, and some are just on a float, uh, and some are swimming. And they they don't get off on, on the shore and draw off and then take a look and go, is this going the direction I want to go? So what do you do? Well, um, typically it comes in a conversation where you are that mirror. You're that person that is going to say, this is where you're, you know, are you happy with where you currently are is just a great question. And you described a lot of people that would be kind of discontent or not happy. And then it becomes, what are you willing to do to change it? And a lot of people are willing to make changes, but they don't know how and they don't know what they need to do. And and they're afraid to let go of what's familiar with them. I mean, everyone else is going down this river too. So when you are able to sit down, and as you remember, the questions that I that I ask you is to write down some things, five things, I believe, uh, that you were that you were unhappy with that you wanted to change. You know, what do you have now that you want to change that you don't like? And then on the other side, what do you want that you don't have? A lot of people are always into what they don't have and what they want, but the power is in the question, what do you have right now that you need to get rid of? For a lot of us, Clifton, those are habits. Those are, uh, I mean, and, and it's a personal, very personal question to ask someone because most of us know some things that are holding us back. If it's that boss that we don't like, you know, that could be on the list. If it's uh, if if it's debt, you know, debt will cause people to really become uh, a slave when when uh, they could do quite well if they were liberated to go and pursue their own their own destiny. But they're so burdened with debt, they they just can't do anything about it or don't think they can. Mm-hmm. So lots of those things that that tie us down, that keep us flowing down the river of, of life. Um, just need, need someone to stand in the gap, someone like you, Clifton, someone like this podcast, mm-hmm. to where someone will take longer than it takes to watch a movie and go, you know what, there are some things in my life that I, that I can change. And the power of writing it down is so important. I just want to share that and, you know, a lot of people say, well, I have goals, and, I, you know, the next question becomes, what are they? And the next question is, is is it written down? Who knows, you know, because if it's in your head, it's on one side of the brain. And it's really not until it's on both sides of the brain that you're, that you're going to accomplish those goals. I just want to say I remember very well the, your list. And I think, to my, to the best of my knowledge, you were, you've got ninety everything that you said that you've accomplished. I mean, you were li- you were living at home with your parents, mm-hmm. and you you wanted your own home. And mm-hmm. and to you, that was a pipe dream. You thought 
there's no way that could happen. I believe it was eight months later. You had your own home or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. You, uh, you were, you're a great example of, of someone that takes control. That The wake-up call for you was when you wrote it down. Right. Why don't, why don't you tell people about that yeah. experience for you? Yeah, I know you're exactly. And, and, and that's actually a great, um, a great point that we're going to make here in a second, too. Um, but, yeah, I remember very vividly that moment. Um, first of all, nobody had ever asked me that question before. Um, sorry, I feel like I was going to sneeze here. Um, the, uh, nobody had ever asked me that question before. And so when when it finally was was prompted, I really didn't know how to answer it because uh, the typical response if I, that I had, which I believe most people had when you ask them, you know, well, I didn't have a typical response, but I, I do remember that. But I know when I've asked people, they say, well, you know, I'd like to have some money in the bank and maybe... Uh, but what does that really mean? You know, why? Why do they why do they want that? It's typically because they're swimming in debt, you know, and they don't have enough, you know, month at the end of the money or they have more month at the end of the money or whatever that figure of speech was. But for for me, you know, when I wrote down that that list, we did it at an in an office um space at the at the uh, facility that we worked at uh where we met and uh you know, I wrote down that I, I was driving at the time a 1994 Lexus um, ES350 with a loan on it. I had it, it was financed. <laughs> and uh, I said, I would like to drive something new. You know, I wanted to drive a new car because I'd never, you know, I'd been driving beaters, we call them, or sleds. You know, since I was 16, when I first got my car, my first car, I was thankful for it. But, you know, it wasn't something shiny and new, especially for a guy that was working 50, 60 hours a week. Um, and I uh, wrote down I would like to uh, get my own place. Um, although I was living at home, I did know that I didn't want to rent an apartment. That was something I was, for some reason at the time, um, you know, I just was against that. I mean, I was smart enough to understand it's better to own than to rent, you know, but um, that was something that I was very adamant about. I wasn't willing to really settle. You know, I wanted to own my own place before I got, and my mom had, you know, they had kind of coached me about that too, as they had spent years and years and years and years and years renting, and they said, you know, we should have just bought a house when we could. So, um, I, yeah, I wrote down a house. Um, you know, I wanted a, a happy relationship. Um, you know, uh, I was in a situation that was less than spectacular and, um, um, I can say that definitely looking back. Um, and, uh, I wanted something a little, you know, I, I didn't know at the time, you know, I thought at the time I wanted to just improve the situation I had. I didn't realize I needed to find a new situation, but that ended up happening. Uh, we won't get too much into that, but, uh, the, um, the other thing I wrote down is that I wanted to uh open a recording studio you know at the at the time um i had been uh recording friends on on sundays you know in in my days off um you know just for fun you know i liked it and um you know i started after i you know felt like i was getting a little better and 
I started having the people asking me to re- you know record them left and right. Um, I started charging a little bit, and so after the recession hit, you know, in two thousand eight, um, you know, I had been well, you know, like Mitch said, um, eight to ten months into my into this plan, personal growth plan. I just bought my house, and I decided to quit that job and open my recording studio full time, and I did it out of my home. And so, like Mitch was mentioning before, it was probably 10 months um, into the whole thing or a year into the whole thing at, at most that I had crossed off, you know, four out of the five things on that list. The other thing on the list that is the only thing that hasn't come true yet that I, I still think about that we're working towards is I wanted to be a millionaire uh, by 35. You know, that was the number that I had set, 35. I know Mitch had had a goal of like 30 for me, and I just hit I just hit 30, so obviously we're not there yet. But, you know, 35 was the age for me, you know. So I got five years to finish realizing that, that goal, but um, that was my long-term goal. I was 21 at the time. So um, that, that, was imp- that was important. Um, moving into... Um, the second equation of this whole thing is really the, I believe, the secret sauce to it. And when we were brainstorming what we were going to talk about um, for this inaugural episode, this was something that we initially were going to talk about first because of how important it is. And we decided that it wouldn't make sense to talk about this first without talking about what you really want. So that's why we were discussing our goals and the importance of that. And in case you missed it, um, or, or or in case we we didn't emphasize this the way that we needed to, um, Mitch mentioned something very important, which was writing it down. You know, everyone says, "Well, I know, I just got it in my head. I got it in my head. I just got it in my head." You know, but keep having it in your head and keep waiting for it to. To come true you know i mean and there's studies and i can't reference them but there are studies out there that said that there's a i don't know what it was just paraphrasing here or pulling this out of the air but i know i've 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 heard this before um maybe you can uh tweet at me or instagram me if you think i'm a little off but there's an 80 90 percent more likelihood of your goals coming true and, and and coming to fruition if you physically write them down on paper than if you just have them in your head and just think about them um, there's also science behind uh, things like vision boards having a visual depiction of your goal in front of you that's something we have in our home uh, on our fridge in our bathroom mirrors um, something that we love pictures of material possessions that we desire uh, pictures of our future home uh, that we want to build our dream house Um, but whatever that is for you I challenge you to print out pictures hang them in your office write them down though I mean really write them down because that's the that's the real deal right there. And so moving into our next topic, 
which goes right in line with what we were just discussing, is I believe the number one, the number one thing that people fail at or fail to, uh, I'm struggling to even articulate it because it's so hard to put into words, but if somebody doesn't realize their goals or if someone isn't realizing their goals quick enough, it's usually at a fault of this. And we call it a lack of a burning desire. And what do I mean by that? Well, a burning desire, Dave Ramsey calls it um, gazelle intensity. And what he means by that is, you know, when you're a, when you're a gazelle out in the wild, you know, when you see them in nature... And they're about, you know, they can hear a, a lion. You know, they're about to get attacked. They they get very very uh, alert. They get very focused, and they get and they run fast. They can actually outrun their 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 uh, predators. They're they're gazelle intense. That's a Dave Ramsey um, reference, and that's all over his his literature, um, we call it a burning desire. And that's a fire in the pit of your stomach. Uh, 911, the house is burning down. We need to get out type intensity. And one of the things that Mitch mentioned a few moments ago was that whenever we had this conversation, no one told me that I needed to be gazelle intense, but I was so fed up with where I was, and I was so tired of being average. I was so tired of being overlooked. I was so tired of being, you know, looked at awkwardly, um, not taken seriously, um, that I got gazelle intense. I got a burning desire in the pit of my stomach to change. And I started reading the books uh, Mitch recommended. We'll talk about that um, here in a little bit. But um, the um, I just started making it happen. You know, uh, there's you know Nike. Just do it. You know, that's there's there's a reason why that's their catchphrase. You know, it's a it's a no excuses. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make this happen mentality. And um, I, I just did it um, innately. You know, I mean, I, I just started acting that way because I really, really, really desperately wanted to change. And a burning desire looks like a drastic change in somebody's behavior. They start to dress different sometimes. They start to talk different they start developing different habits. Sometimes they start hanging around different people. They make significant changes in their life that are going to help propel them towards their written goals and make them happen. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to start with this is because, in particular, in, you know, in my life, people, you know, not to not to toot my own horn. This isn't a toot my horn session by any means. I don't have a very big horn to toot, but. Um, People sometimes have seen what I've done with my direct sales business and they've seen what I've done with my recording studio 
Um, they've seen what I've done in other entrepreneurial endeavors. They know I've written a book. I've I've typically done well with most of the things that I've um, decided to do. And so as a result of that, people have come to me and they've asked advice for help with them, particularly when they're wanting to do something new themselves. You know, hey, I'm, I'm in this situation. Um, I am unhappy. I want to start my own business. Or um, I want to get better where I'm at. Or I have this idea, but I don't know how to accomplish it. And I know, Mitch, that you can relate for sure over over the years. People have come to you and said, hey, I really want to do this. And, you know, me and you as as servant leaders, uh, we we always we want to hold them accountable. We want to give them all the information that we know to help them. And sometimes we even want to help them get started. You know, we'll take them, we'll kind of hold them by the hand for a couple minutes and lead them in the right direction. And um, I know for sure you do, and I know I do. I like to follow up with them. If someone comes to me for help, I do like to check up on them because it, I take pride in helping somebody. It makes me proud to know that someone's succeeding. But I'd say eight or nine times out of ten, you follow up, and what happens? You know, well, um, this uh, thing happened, and, uh, you know, I just uh, didn't know how to handle it, and so... You know, I don't know, man. I'm not sure about this after all. You know, or um, you know, some somebody uh, told me no, and I got rejected, and uh, you know, maybe I'm just not cut out for this. Or, you know, you start getting met with self-limiting beliefs. You start to see um, excuses form. You start to hear doubt. Um, and um, in my opinion, that is all. 100% due to a lack of a true burning desire to make that goal happen. Um, I believe that when you have a burning desire deep down in the pit of your stomach, there isn't anything that could happen. If you really want what you say you're wanting, that's going to stop you from, from doing that. Mitch, what can you, what can you offer as far as that's concerned? Yeah. As far as elaborating on that. Um, wow. I remember for me, um, it wasn't I who decided that we needed to get out of debt. Uh, my wife and I looked at that together. Uh, I wanted a Ranger bass boat, and we were $34,000 in credit card debt, and she she wanted to get out of debt. And we wrote these goals down together because my mentor um, and you know talked to us about it. And we discovered that, yes, okay, we're going to agree that this is going to be something that we're going to work on together. And the power of having someone help you and mentor you and, and that significant other or other person to encourage you is, is really crucial. But I'll never forget the time right after, right after I said that. And I said, okay, I'm going to work on getting us out of debt. I believe it was the next day. I went to uh, Sears. I, I was uh, I typically buy, you know, if I need a hole in the wall, I'll uh, go buy a brand new 900 RPM drill and and I'll drill the the uh, 
hole in the wall and I'll set my drill down and probably not even pick it up for another six months. That's what got us into that debt. But I'm in, I'm in this store and I'm about to make a purchase. And they said, Hey, are we going to put this on your credit card? And remember the next, it was just a day or so after I, I just told my wife that we we're going to get out of debt, that I was going to work on this with her. And any of these goals require action. You can't keep doing what you were doing and expect to get there. You, you can't keep going down that river without paddling another way and expect to get somewhere different than where everyone else is going. Mm-hmm. So I looked at, at the clerk that asked me that question, and he knew me well because I charged a lot of things there. <laughs> and uh, I was getting my credit card out, and I looked at the counter, and I said, you know what, I don't think I need this. And so taking action on any goal, that's what really helps create that burning desire. You know, when we talk about people who fail, they they have these goals, and yet two weeks later, you know, you follow up with them, and the circumstances of life have happened, and they're, they're still flowing down the same river. They, they fail because of fear, fear of paddling against the tide. Uh, they, they fail to take action that requires them to, um, you know, it would be like me saying I wanted to be a lawyer if I was a kid and, and not taking the class that I needed to take it. Mm-hmm. You, there are steps that are necessary to get where you want to go. And if you don't take the steps, if you don't take any action, you're never going to get there. And by taking action, massive action, I love the gazelle story because that massive action is what is a catapult, just like that gazelle jumping out of danger. It's a catapult to you jumping out of your circumstances and and accomplishing something that you didn't think you could do. It's mm-hmm. pretty awesome. I agree, you know, 100%. Uh, what do you believe that you can teach somebody burning desire you know i mean how do you help somebody who's been used to not doing not taking massive action i've i've found you know just thinking about it right now just you know brainstorming out loud with you right now that some people take very little action in in my opinion and think that they've taken massive action um i'll i'll list an example i have a um you know not to name any names uh, over the years i've had people come and uh, want to intern at the studio you know um the studio i built you know, from the ground up by myself, I've gone into commercial locations and um, I've adopted different processes. I've taken interns, I've taken assistants, I've had partners. Um, you know, we've we've been successful for the at the standards of a successful you know independent recording studio in South Texas. Um, so so people have come to me and they've said, you know, Cliff, I I want to work with you. I'll work for free. I'll come and mop floors or sweep floors and roll, roll cables or um, set up my, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And I will say, okay. 
be at the studio at four o'clock on Wednesday and I'll, I'll give you some stuff to do. And, uh, you know, you come and you do the things that you say you want to do and we'll just go from there, you know? Um, and basically, which is me giving them the opportunity I never had. Nobody gave me that, you know? And, um, sure enough, you know, they might come a few times, you know, five, six times. And then seventh time it's, they're 30 minutes late and the eighth, oh, you know, we have a dinner thing with my in-laws and then the ninth time it's, uh, hey, you know, man, it's kind of late. I don't know if I can make it out. And then, then I don't hear from them again. They disappear. This is somebody that came to me and said, I want a career in the recording industry and I'm willing to do anything and everything I can to get a career in the recording industry. Can you help me? And they've spent time here. Typically I pay them too, which I tell them in the beginning, I'm not going to pay you, but some, I usually do. I'll give them gas money because I appreciate their help and I want them to feel appreciated. So it's not, and I know some people might listen to what I'm saying and think, oh man, you must be treating them bad or something. No, that's not the case. I mean, I guarantee that's not the case. Um, you know, my, 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 my studio, you know, Mitch is my life mentor, my studio mentor, uh, a man I, I respect greatly uh, here in town named uh, Mac Damon. Um, I know he's gone through similar situations with guys in the past as well. It's just, um, you know, it, it, it may or may not be a lack of gratitude for the opportunity. It could be seen that way. But I believe that people just, it, it boils down to a lack of burning desire. If they really, truly wanted what they said they wanted, they'd continue to come. But they, they, I think what happens is they realize it's tough. They realize it's time-consuming. They realize that it's not all bubblegum and lollipops and all this stuff. And uh, they, they fall off. And my question is, or even in the situation where uh, more recently I had a fellow, um, you know, looking to, uh, to, uh, you know, assist in the studio and wanting to, um, um, learn how to record. And, and this has happened a lot over, over the years. So again, I'm not talking about one person in particular. Um, and, and, and I'm, I'm saying, well, you know, the best way to do this is to find a client, you know, a friend's band or, um, uh, someone that you can work with and, um, you know, We'll make them a great deal and uh, bring them in and we're going to record them and you can learn as we record them and I'll show you how to mix and master and all that stuff. And um, they might reach out to a band or two bands or three bands and not get any biters and say, man, this just isn't working out. It's just not working out. And I'm like thinking to myself, what do you mean it's not working out? You talked to three people and the timing wasn't right for all three of them or one of them didn't have the money and the timing wasn't right for two, just find someone who the timing is right for. How do you, how do you teach somebody to like persevere through the nonsense? Or is this one of those things that you can't teach? They just have to want it. That's the, that's the real mystery of this whole thing to me, you know, in, in masterminding with you right now is we realize what it takes, what massive action looks like because we've done it in different endeavors. 
and we realize what the burning desire feels like, but how do you really teach that to someone? How do you pass that along? What I'm going to do right now is uh, take a quick break uh, for our sponsors that we may or may not actually have right now. And uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about this whenever we get back here. But this is the Clifton Miles podcast, inaugural episode here with Mitch Creel. So stick around and we'll be right back. Thank you to our sponsors. I don't know who they are yet, but we're going to find one. <laughs> if not, I'll sponsor it myself. You'll hear a commercial from my studio or something. But this is the Clifton Miles podcast. This is our first episode, and uh, I'm joined here with my, my great friend, best friend, uh, colleague, mentor, advisor, associate Mitchell Creel. Um, from here in San Antonio at Dead Room Studios, we're broadcasting or recording this podcast. And um, one of the things that we're, we were talking about before we before we uh, took a break here was burning desire. You know, the 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 thing in the pit of your stomach that makes you take action. And you know, some people have a little burning desire. You know, if that's even a thing, a little desire, right? But it's not burning. You know, burning desire looks like trying to get your kid out of the bed when the house is burning down and you need to get them out alive. That is a burning desire to save their life and yours and get out of that house while it's burning. And sometimes, oftentimes, the most successful people have borderline that mentality with the way they approach their, 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 their goals. You know, I know I got that way when I was trying to get out of debt. And Mitch, you just talked about that as well. And I know you were that way as well. And um, that often fuels our, our business. And one of the things I was I was uh, talking about before we left is how, how do you teach that? You know, how do you, I think that's like the, the, if we could figure that out, that's like the holy grail, you know, like how can you get somebody to, start taking massive action not what they believe is massive action but really what is truly massive action which is sleeping less watching no netflix you know doing the things they need to do to make their goals happen do you believe there's a way to teach that to somebody or do you believe there's a way to get someone to do that or act that way you know i mean because they say they want it you know they might be desperate i want to you know (laughs) But how, but when it comes down to it, what do you, what do you, how, how do you get them to do that? You know? Yeah. Um, you know, look at, look at the universities and the number of, of uh, freshmen and then the number of sophomores and then the number of seniors. I don't know. For example, a good friend of mine's an architect. Um, how, how many people want to be architects, but yet the graduating class is so small. Most people are not willing to sacrifice, and that 
if you go into it, when you create a goal, you just have to realize that sacrifice comes with it. You can't keep doing what you were doing uh, and get a and get a different result. You know, for things to change, you have to change. Imagine if you were set a weight loss go. You just set a weight loss go, and someone offers you a Snickers. By back, by by making a decision that backs backs up your goal and saying no. Um, you gain power, and at the same the same way, if you take it, you're more likely going to fail. Wow. So, so that action that you wow. take right after you make these goals is crucial. You can't hope that you change eventually. You must start right away and wow. right now and take action on the things that you say you want to change. You know that that actually it's funny that you say that because while while we were in our commercial break, I took a note here thinking about what we were what we were talking about. And there's a, a video uh, on YouTube that I stumbled upon years ago uh, with my buddy Paul, uh, which is Tony Robbins, uh, in a hotel room talking with two um, internet software moguls who were not always moguls. You know, one time they were broke you know, college kids looking for a way to, you know, open, you know, open up the internet and make an income. And one of the guys who was talking about, and I, and I, I, had I known this was going to come to my mind, I would have grabbed his name, but, um, you can probably Google him. He was the first person in history to make a million dollars in one day online, only online. And, um, they were interviewing Tony Robbins because they were having a, a very similar conversation, and that's why it just came to my mind. And the, the question that he asked Tony was the same thing, because in their world, they sell, so, they sell software that helps people with this, that, or the other thing. And they found there was a large disconnect between the amount of people purchasing their product and the people that are actually using the product. You know, in our in you know in our in our direct sales business, there's a there's a uh, a disconnect between people that sign up to purchase products for energy and weight loss or whatever that might whatever their health goal might be, and some of them you talk to them two weeks later and it's still sitting on their counter. You know, they hadn't got started, and so the same example they're giving Tony Robbins, and he pulled out a whiteboard and a couple of dry erase markers. And he wrote in a uh, in a in a in almost like a box in like a four square type box the letters B and in the top left corner box then in the box next to it A which was right next to it to the right and then below that the bottom right box R and then the final box in the bottom left corner M so it says B A R M if you're going clockwise. And he says, when somebody has a goal, they they have they have some belief that they can accomplish that goal. Might not be a lot, but they have some belief that they can get it happen, which leads them to take some type of action. If they have results, 
So you see we have B, belief, A, action, R. If they see results from that, that action, it fuels further motivation, uh, which fuels more belief, or fuels more momentum, rather, not motivation, momentum, and fuels their belief to take more action, which yields more results, which yields more momentum, which yields more belief. And so maybe, just masterminding here with you, maybe the key is getting somebody a win really early, you know, uh, in whatever their goal might be. And maybe, although I don't feel that should be the responsibility of the mentor helping them, maybe it is, you know. I, th I think we all have a responsibility to point out wins. Um, realize that when you have a weight loss goal and you say no to a Snickers, you don't lose a pound that day. Mm -mm. And when it doesn't show up the next day, that's where we kind of we kind of go from that belief to, uh, you know, that that we we start losing a little bit of faith. Well, mm -hmm. I've made all these sacrifices. I I have made different choices, and yet I don't have that same result that I'm looking for. So take take action quickly, uh, as soon as possible, and and be in it for the long haul. It's not. You know, life is a, is a journey, and uh, uh, you don't want to just enjoy a destination because you're missing all the personal growth and the things that happen along the way. And you know, it's those small small things that you decide every day that will determine you know your success or your failures um, uh, over a long term. So. To the listeners out here, I just want to just want to say that we need people like you, Clifton. We need people that are willing to ask folks, "Are you happy where you're at? Are you have you really designed your future?" And a lot of us don't believe that we can. We hey, it's fate, you know. It's sealed in an envelope somewhere, and I'm floating down the river, and and you know. Um, uh, the, the things of life happen. Mm -hmm. And then there's a few people that if they're asked, they'll, they'll uh, get up on the shore and, and they'll actually look and, and maybe try to find a high place where the river's going mm -hmm. and see if it's where they want to go. And if you don't do it, you just can't, you can't do the other thing. So I hope, I hope by listening today that your listeners are, are motivated first that um, there's something that they can do. They have the power to change. They have the power to control their destiny. And no matter what your goals are, whether it's, it's, it's in your faith or it's in what you want what you want to become, how you know if it's a financial goal. And by the way, I think, I think some of the best goals aren't circulated around finances, you know. Mm -hmm. um, what if you had a goal of getting along better with your spouse and you started today wow. to do something about it? You know, you could take an action today to to uh, to show your spouse mm -hmm. that that it is my goal to have a a great relationship with you. 
And they say happy, happy wife, happy life, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, whatever your goals are, you know, uh, maybe you haven't thought too much about it in this first podcast, hit you and you're like, wow, this is something that I need to do. I hope you, I hope you get out a pen and paper. It doesn't have to be fancy. Uh, You know, it can be just a, just a spiral notebook or napkin at a restaurant and a line down the middle. And write down the five things that you have now that you want to get rid of. Wow. Yeah, you're exactly right. Well, we're going to start closing up. Uh, I really, really appreciate you being here. It's special to be doing this. I mean, we kind of, we've been talking about doing it for a little while now. We're actually doing it. And um, uh, it's great to have you for the first episode. And we've laid a foundation here. And um, uh, I really hope that that we touch some people's lives you know um this uh you know the the book um you know achieve greatness that that's going to be coming out um here later this year um that i wrote you know is heavily leans on you know mitch's influence on my life personally and um this podcast is is heavily you know influenced by what i talked about in the book which is about mitch and so it's it's so super fitting to have him here and Hopefully, you'll be a recurring guest. You know, hopefully, we'll, this isn't the last time we'll have you on. Love to come back and, anytime. And uh, yeah, we're going to have you um, here. And we're going to have more guests in the future. You know, we're going to do interviews. We're going to have callers. Um, you know, I think this first podcast is is here to set the tone about what we're about. You know, we're about changing lives. And I, I said this jokingly to another friend, but I want this podcast to be your Mitch, you know, you know, before I met Mitch, I was in that river. I was in that dark room. And uh, now I'm helping people get out of that river and helping people get out of that dark room. And uh, it's to have Mitch still here to help pull me. You know, sometimes I slip back into the river here and there. You know, we all do. That's natural. But, you know, it's cool to know that you're in the river because then you can get back out. A lot of people don't know they're in the river. And so, um, you know, in closing... I want to I want to I want to challenge you guys to to do what Mitch asked, you know, pull out that pen and paper, write down those things. And uh if you want us to hold you accountable, email them to us, you know? Do you want to you want to provide your email to the to the listeners? Or do you want me want me to get them and and send them over to you? I I think we should respond. I think we you know, be be the first. If you're if you're listening, be the first. Um uh, and we definitely want to Yeah. Send them. You might get a tag team of support. Yeah. Send them to me, cliftonmiles at gmail.com. That's C-L-I-F-T-O-N-M-I-L-E-S at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at cliftonmiles, Twitter at cliftonmiles. Um, we have a Facebook page, uh, cliftonmiles, entrepreneur, author, um, which is a fan page that I just got started, so there's not a whole lot of followers. So be part of the first hundred that, that gets there. And uh, I really want to make this interactive. So follow me on social media. Uh, send me an email with your with your goals. You know, what do you have in your life right now that you don't want? What do you what do you uh, want right now that you don't have? And um, did I just say the same thing twice? No, did I get it right? Okay. And <laughs> what do you have right now that you don't want? And what do you don't have now that you do want? Five things on each side. Email them to me. I want to see what you guys are working with here, and I want to help hold y'all accountable. And I want you to, to, uh, to reach those goals 
And more importantly, I want you to know what your goals are. And I think that's really the first step. And um, like I mentioned, we're going to do this either weekly or biweekly. And uh, we're going to have some guests. We're going to have some callers. We're going we're gonna to do some really special things. And so we're gonna, this podcast is going to be your Mitch. The way Mitch was for me, this is going to be that for you. And um, I know that is. And so um, if, you want, if you have topics or if you have ideas about what you want us to discuss in the future, email me, you know, or, or message me on Instagram or my Facebook page, uh, Clifton Miles. And, uh, and we're, we're going to, this is going to be really interactive. This is going to be real fun. It's going to be very special. And so, um, I can't wait to hear from you guys and thank you so much for listening to the first episode of the Clifton Miles show. We're helping people with leadership, entrepreneurship, business, debt, freedom, personal growth, all of it. And, uh, can't wait to chat with you guys. You're all going to become champions. We're all we're all champions. All right, Mitch. Thank you for your time, and uh, thank you guys. Y'all have a great night.